Back, Tiger fans, it's another week of play by play presented by our friends at the Advocate. Happy to have you join us. Uh, another week that was, and another busy week coming up for the Tigers. Joining me, as always, the illustrious Kent Lowe, Harrison Valentine, taking care of everything, putting it all together, uh, as it were, the straw stirring the drink of play by play. And Kent, let's start with uh, football. It was a marathon game with a lot of offense. And uh, I said numerous times on the radio broadcast if you're a fan of offense, this is your game, but uh, unfortunately, um, Ole Miss had 55, LSU only had 49. The Tigers suffer their first loss in conference, second loss of the season, um, and uh, just a game one where defense was not top of mind for either team, uh, but it certainly was frustrating for Coach Kelly, LSU fans, the team, everybody involved, that uh, they just could not seem to stop Ole Miss late in the game. I don't mean to be flippant, but... I felt like I was watching a bad flag football game and someone forgot to bring the flags. Yeah. You know, it was that kind of night. Yeah, LSU suffers the loss. Again, it doesn't get much easier. That's the first of a two-game road swing. They now head this weekend to uh, Missouri, a team that I think along with Kentucky Kent trying to make an argument that they're the second-best team, maybe the best team when it's all said and done in the SEC East. But it's going to be a sellout crowd at Faroe Field. It's an 11 o'clock kickoff in the morning. Um, you know, a lot of things not going LSU's way, so they're going to have to dig deep and come out swinging. No, but and I think that's a very good point you make about Missouri. But LSU, the players have got to know we've had success at 11 a.m. We can get up and play in the morning. So, I mean, I don't think that seems as much a factor anymore. I think there are some other things that are factors, but uh, we just need to go out and score points right now and keep the offense rolling along, and hopefully the defense will come along and make some stops and, and get us out of there with a win. Yeah, they've got to make improvements on the defensive side because – Offensively, this is uh, as high a clicking offense as you'll find in the country. It's one of the tops in the country, statistically. Uh, one of the tops, obviously, in the SEC. And, you know, what was tough to watch was LSU was making spectacular play after spectacular play. Jaden Daniels was literally dropping a ball in a small bucket from, let's say, 100 feet in the air. He was dropping dimes. Um, Ole Miss had a little easier time scoring for the most part. Um, but again, you, you don't want to waste an incredible offense. They have a chance to go up against a pretty efficient offense in Mizzou in their own right. And probably, arguably, with Malik Neighbors, one of the, the best receivers in the conference in Luther Burden. So uh, it's going to be a challenge. But um, as you said, you know, our good buddy Todd Polich has said, nobody likes 11 o'clock football in the SEC, but LSU over the years at 11 o'clock has a solid winning record. Yeah. So they can lean on that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, I think, as everyone knows by now, they brought uh, veteran Pete Jenkins back into the fold as an analyst. And I don't think Pete had to go very deep in the closet to find some LSU clothes to wear. No, he's probably got plenty of purple and gold. career, and, you know, this is – 
to me, this seems like his kind of assignment, you know, to to do some fixes on the defensive line, offer some advice, and I think he's going to be very helpful here in the next couple of weeks. Well, they've got to get better, and uh, again, it starts with fundamentals, something Coach Kelly's talked about, and Pete Jenkins, of course, when it comes to fundamentals, especially on a defensive line, you don't find uh, a better mind in college football. Let's move to soccer. It was a uh, tough weekend uh, for LSU soccer at home, taking on the Florida Gators. And, of course, Coach Hudson was on the show last week, and she talked about how good Florida is and what a challenge yeah. it would be. Yeah. LSU drops that four to nothing. But now, more importantly, they got to go out on the road this week. And when you drop a home game, you hear coaches say it all the time, we got to go steal one back on the road. Uh, but it won't be easy against South Carolina and Columbia. No, and I just – I was there Friday night. It just seemed a very uncharacteristic night for the soccer team. They just didn't seem to be able to keep up with Florida, uh, which to me was a little bit of a surprise. But uh, you're right, they've got South Carolina Thursday, and then they come home Sunday for a 4 o'clock game against Tennessee. That'll be a huge match for the Tigers because then they've got a couple of nationally ranked teams the following week. So they need to get out of this week at worst with a split and maybe get that extra win at South Carolina on Thursday. <laughs> Would be huge. Let's talk LSU volleyball. Pretty good week for Coach Tanya Johnson and company. Again, LSU now on the season 7-6, and six, but here's the one that stands out. 2-1 and one in conference play and really back-to-back -back solid performances by LSU volleyball, getting the win over Missouri at home and then going out uh, the following, uh, well, a couple days later at the Maravich Center, defeating Mississippi State. Two solid conference wins. Yeah, exactly right. They lost the first set in each of those matches, but came back to win three straight. And watching them this weekend, there really seemed to be a little bit of a re renewed energy. They really played hard. I thought it was a great match, great atmosphere again in the Maravich Center. And they've got a chance now to get a third straight home win tomorrow night, Wednesday, uh, against Arkansas. It's an 8 o'clock uh, start in the Maravich Center. Arkansas is ranked 13th. This would be a huge win uh, for LSU tomorrow. And this is a type of team where LSU really gets uh, the energy and gets going. And so they're going to really try to make it three in a row at home, and that would be very, very big. You know I hate to correct you, Kent, but I have 7 o'clock Central Time. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Excuse just, me. My just, bad. I don't, seven, I don't want seven. people to miss the first set. No, no. no, no. Uh, but to your point, it's number 13 Arkansas uh, inside the Merivit Center, so go out and support the Tigers uh, before they head out on the road. 8 coming o'clock Eastern. That's right. That's right. <laughs> if you're in the Eastern time zone, Kent's right with you. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then Tennessee on the road in Knoxville coming up on October 8th. So, uh, again, congratulations on the past couple of games and best of luck moving forward. This weekend, uh, let's talk a little LSU tennis. Yeah, this is going to be uh, – they held this event at LSU last year, and it's huge. I mean, they're playing all day on every court starting Thursday, and they're playing some matches over at the UREC tennis courts. It's the ITA Southern Women's Regional Thursday is the qualifying, and you got a, there are a lot of players that will be here Thursday trying to qualify for the 64-player main draw, which starts on Friday afternoon, and it'll run all the way to Tuesday. 
lot of great tennis, a lot of great uh, women's tennis players from uh, here in the southern region. A lot of fun. Admission is free. If you like tennis, this is a good chance to watch uh, some very good players take part. And LSU hosting again for the second straight year out at the tennis complex. Yeah, great event, as you say, hosted by LSU. Uh, in tennis. Real quick, uh, coming up, we're going to talk a little LSU baseball because, of course, fall ball is coming up on us very quickly. And we'll have uh, one of the newest members of LSU's baseball staff, Terry Rooney, uh, making a return to LSU and uh, Tiger baseball. So he'll come up later. But before we take that break and bring Coach Rooney in, how about congratulations to Aaliyah Finnegan, who booked her Olympic ticket to Paris in 2024 after her performance at the Artistic Gymnastics World Championship at the Sports Palace in uh, Antwerp. I actually looked up the pronunciation. Very good. But, uh, Very hey, good. What, what, a, what an accomplishment for Leah yeah, Finnegan. Exactly right. I mean, it's taken me years to understand college gymnastics scoring and to try to tell you exactly what all those scores meant yesterday in the uh, Olympic scoring format would take more time than we need or want or care. But (laughs) what she did was very good. The performances were outstanding. If you had a chance to watch any of the video, she was on top of it and really doing well. And the main point is she's going to Paris, and that is absolutely fantastic for her and the Tigers. I know Jay is Super excited, Jay Clark, and uh, she should be as well to to get that chance to represent her country in the Olympics. No doubt about it. So congratulations to Leah Finnegan. All right, let's talk uh, and turn the page, talk LSU baseball, what to expect this fall as the uh, reigning national champions get ready for 2024. We'll do that uh, when we return on Play by Play, presented by our friends at The Advocate right after this. Back with you here on this week's play-by-play presented by our friends at The Advocate. And we told you what all's going on in LSU athletics. That's kind of what the show does. But uh, we did tease a little bit that baseball is back. Fall ball is upon us here as uh, the reigning national champions get ready to gear up for the 2024 campaign. And it is a pleasure to talk a little LSU baseball with one of the newest members to the staff, Terry Rooney, uh, returning to LSU and, uh, again, as the Associate Director of Program Development and Recruiting. And, Coach Rooney, welcome back to LSU. I was there the day uh, of the press conference where you were introduced. And, uh, again, I know you saw a lot of uh, friends, people you knew. It had to feel good to come back here, and uh, I know you were ready to get to work. I sure was. Thanks for having me, first of all. And it's been awesome. It really has the the chance and the opportunity to come back to LSU it has been everything I thought it was and more you know I said that you alluded to at the press conference there I've told people a lot and even though the more I've told it, I don't want it to be diminished but I was only here for two years and I'm telling you it seemed like 10 like it really did and and there's so many reasons I think because of that but it really comes down to the people you know the people that we had whether it's the coaches the community the players and I think in those two years part of it was the team you know maybe in the quick turnaround that we had and when you do those kind of special things in a short amount of time I think it really creates those bonds and those relationships so um, it was a great time then and uh, and it's certainly a great time now to be a part of this program what coach Johnson has does has done and obviously excited to be back you know it's uh, it's interesting you say that those two years felt longer than that but that probably to your point is 
when you put all that work in to win a national title, which you guys did in 2009, it probably makes it seem like, especially looking back on it, that it was longer. Because I know you guys were running 150 miles an hour while it was going on. But when you look back on it now, uh, it had to be a great time for you. I, I, I know that in your press conference you mentioned – um, how important Coach Maneri was hmm. to you uh, as a human being, as a person, but but also as, as a baseball coach. And that after you've moved on and you've had success so many different places, um, how big an impact he had on you. And I know it was great to see him when you got back to town. It was great. It was great. And you're right, I said that, and, and I can't tell enough people that. I mean, I am proud to say that he's my mentor, you know, without any question. And I've been at – this is either my 10th or 11th school, so I've been – you know, at different <laughs> times I've been in multiple places but and, and worked, for, worked with and for a lot of great people. But there's no question that uh, Coach Maneri's had the greatest impact on, on my career without any question. I would not be back at LSU. I would not have been a head coach. A lot of different opportunities opportunities I had without his guidance and it's not just you know you, you learn so many things right when you work from people but uh, to me it's it's not just on the field but it was off the field with coach and in the way he treated people the way he treated the players um, what mattered most to him you know I mean were those relationships the players his family um, and obviously you know from a game standpoint it, it speaks for itself what he did in his career so for me to have the opportunity to work alongside him for those five years uh, was great and for us to maintain our relationship you know and it's not just me it's my wife and and his wife Karen and our family and um, so it's been great so to be back here um, and have the chance to to see him even more I haven't seen him much I've been on the road so much so once this thing slows down I know and we're starting fall ball soon I'll get a chance to see him but you're right I appreciate you saying that you know I owe a lot to Paul and all that he's done and, and really appreciate the five years together I was about to say if you want to catch him you'll have to play golf and you probably don't have a lot of time to meet him on the golf course right now that'll, that'll he is playing a lot of golf that is for sure you know he told me once he got done, you know, he's like, I got to pick up something. You know, I got to figure out because he really didn't play much golf before, you know, for obvious reasons when you're coaching. Um, but it seems like he is, uh, he's certainly loving what he's doing right now and enjoying it. Real quickly, uh, we got a lot to get to, a lot of ground to cover, but um, you, you're the pitching coach, you handle recruiting at Purdue. Obviously, yeah. if you're in this business, you're watching what goes on across the country, uh, especially when you get to uh, the playoffs and, and the postseason and the regional, super regionals, and obviously the College World Series. So take us through, if you can, LSU wins the, the national title uh, again because your association, you see it, you, you see what they've done. Then you get a, a phone call or a message or something that, hey, uh, there might be an opportunity here. What, what, what was that moment like? Boy, it's exciting, for sure. You know, I'll give you just a little bit of the background on it. You know, um, Coach Johnson and I have some history and and, um, and and potential opportunities with me, with him. Um, I almost went to him with him to the University of Arizona a couple of years ago um, when I was at the University of Houston. It's kind of when we started exploring this idea. Um, and Coach and I, Jay and I, have always known each other a little bit, uh, not tremendously close, but in the recruiting circles, you know, probably when he was at San Diego and I was at Notre Dame and LSU, our past cross. And I think from afar, there is a, a very much so a mutual respect, I think, of how we went about our business. And I think we have so many similarities, I think, perhaps in our personality, the way we go about things. Um, and then I think it really came to the forefront. We played each other um, just coincidentally on back-to-back -back years when I was at the University of Houston. We had a home-and-home, -home, um, and uh, we played we played them at our place. We actually beat them two or three, um, you know, at our place. And his offense, to shut his offense, not that we shut his offense down, but, but, but uh, well, we sure contained him up. 
we contained him a little bit, and I think that kind of uh, really kind of moved things forward a little <laughs> bit from that. that end, I'd you know? have to get his attention. Yeah, so so from that point on, and and I think recruiting wise, we knew we kind of knew of each other. But point being is that from there, I think the relationship really began. You know, those three four years ago, um, and we had actually discussed even when he you know got the position here. I think he's made that known at LSU whether any types of scenarios that would work. So uh, we, this has been I don't want somewhat of a work in progress in my mind in the hopes that something would work. So yeah, Jay reached out to me, um, you know, near the end of the season, tell me about some potential situations that might happen. Um, and then once we got to the point that it was going to come to light, so to speak, uh, I, I couldn't get here fast enough the chance to come back. You mentioned all the, the stops you've made, the number of stops you've made along the way, but let's talk about the success you've had. You've got 14 pitchers who went on to Major League Baseball. You've had something like 20 players selected top 10 rounds of, of the MLB draft. You got to be proud of what these guys have accomplished that you brought into your programs and then went on to the big leagues. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I, I am proud of that, you know, and, and like anybody will tell you, and it's the truth, you know, when kids are successful individually, there's a lot of different components to that. And um, But I am proud of those pitchers, you know, for sure, uh, to have the opportunity to coach those guys and kind of see them through, you know, whether it's, um, you know, their two-year progression as a junior college or a transfer or the three-year progression as a high school guy. But um, for sure, you know, been very fortunate um, to do that but as anybody will tell you you're a good coach when you have good players you know and those guys were good players and I can tell you I just, I just happened to you know have maybe that have the chance to to recruit some of those guys you know I mean on the forefront of it but um you know feel very fortunate to have those and that's what it's about it's about those relationships you know it's interesting kind of as you talk about those guys in pro ball it goes back to to coach Maneri um and it always has kind of been my foundation I remember when coach Maneri um, interviewed me and the very first question we didn't even know each other um, but and so and then I got the job 48 hours later so it was a good interview but <laughs> but but the first question Paul asked me was why'd you get into coaching and I literally said I said coach I mean you get the, get into coaching for number one coaches had a big impact on my life you know my college coach and coaches I was around always made me think and believe I was better than what I was and I thought that I could do that too. And Paul asked me that. He said, why'd you get into it? I said, the impact of the lives of young kids. And to me, that's ultimately what it's about, you know? And even in this position that I'm in now, where it's not a quote coaching position, I think I can still go back to that foundation of why I got into coaching, you know, where obviously there's, you know, under the NCAA rules of what I can and can't do, but what I can do is impact these guys in the most positive way I can in some different avenues. So that's kind of one of the things I've tried to create a little bit on my own outside of the recruiting is find ways to touch these guys in a positive way through my experiences as much as I can. You know, it's interesting you say that because I've had conversations with Coach Maneri and, and obviously just like yourself, he's put a lot of guys into the bigs and mm -hmm. they've had great careers we could list them here um, but so many times we would be on the road and there would be some former players at LSU who would come back in some cases Notre Dame players and the coach would immediately tell me the story of this guy played he was a excellent batted 327 a career played shortstop and now he's one of the most successful investment guys and you know he always sure he was proud of the guys who made it to the bigs and had great careers but he was proud of everybody because when they made an impact in whatever they did as a father a husband 
working at the bank, working wherever they worked. I mean, he just took so much pride in having a part in helping them be the best they could be. No doubt. And that's what you hope. You know I mean, you certainly hope that, um, you know, throughout And you're right. I think it is interesting. You see all the stories. That's been one of the great things. And I haven't, um, you know, seen everybody. I know there's actually an alumni weekend coming up for our LSU baseball. I'll see a lot of those guys. But so many of the guys that were here, um, you know, whether it's a text message, an email, a phone call, a lot of those guys that we had here on those teams are still here. They're still here in Louisiana. They're still here in Baton Rouge. A lot of these guys that went to the big leagues and played, you know, to see all those guys, you know, Mike, guys that we recruited, you know, Micah Gibbs, Anthony Renato, Mikey Matuk, Jared Mitchell, all the names that you guys know. Um, and there's a lot of those stories, you know, Anthony Renato, we were just talking about yeah. that. What a story that one was, you know, he'll, he'll, we'll talk about that another day, but <laughs> you know what, he got in late at night one night and we had to go to IHOP, you know what I mean? For uh, late at night for his official visit. And I didn't think we we're going to have to, I'm like, listen, we're never going to get this kid. We got to go to IHOP at 12 o'clock at night. He's thinking, what is this going on? This is the best program in the country. Uh, so we talk about those things, but you know what? That's what it's all about. You know I mean, it's those stories and the impact to have those kids. So to come back here in particular to see so many LSU baseball players not leaving the area because of the experience that they had is what it's all about. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I don't want to get off in the weeds here, but again, Terry Rooney, our guest this week on Play by Play, I've talked to so many people about guys who obviously played high school, grew up in Louisiana, wanted to play for LSU, got the opportunity to do so, went on to have great careers in the big leagues. I also know guys who were recruited from out of state that came here, had great careers, went on to play in the big leagues. And yet those guys, when their playing days are done, or as they're still playing, build homes here in the plans of coming back. It's truly amazing how many guys, A, that grew up here want to stay here, and B, guys who came here to play college ball now make this their home. I mean, it speaks volumes of, I think, for LSU and LSU baseball that they've played in New York or they played in Boston or they played out west. And when their playing days are done, this is where they start their families and start their second phase of life. And it's all about the community. You know, it's all about LSU and it's all about the community. It's all about the people. You're right. And there's so many of Some of the guys I just alluded to, just because I know them, they were, you know, they played here and I recruited them, but Anthony Renato, New Jersey, Micah Gibbs, yeah. you know, Texas. Um, and so many of these guys come back. DJ LeMayhew, you know, he's a Michigan guy, comes back. So um, you're right. I think it speaks volumes about the community. I'm curious from a recruiting angle, uh, Coach, uh, you know, back when you were here the first time and early in your career, you know, it seemed like assistant coaches and recruiting types were on the road always because that's where you had to go find the players. You might get some crappy video or something that might <laughs> send you out to go look at someone. But now the transfer portal, everything's on TV, even it seems with the high school kids. I mean, it's kind of a whole different world on this trip to LSU and your other stops compared to before when you were at Notre Dame and beyond that in the way you have to recruit. I, I think that's valid for sure. I, mean, I think the absolutes of recruiting are still the same. You know, network, contacts, relationships um, are, are certainly part of that. Um, but you're right, how we've navigated it, so to speak, is a little bit different. Um, you know, one of the things the NCAA put in for baseball is, for example, you can't have contact with freshmen or sophomores anymore. That's just been instituted in the last year, which really is a positive in my mind, meaning that um, it's a 
few less classes, so to speak, that you're not really dealing with because now you have in the last really two to three years the element of the transfer portal, you know. So it's wide ranging, I think, is the way you look at it. You're dealing with so many different variables. And, and I know Coach Johnson has talked about it. I think perhaps one of the biggest things that has changed in recent years is you're almost taking more of a year-to-year look at your team and your roster. You know, meaning that before you would try to see the forest through the trees a little bit and recruit and, and, and get quote unquote verbal commitments from younger kids. But now it's literally, you know, particularly here, you know, 13 draft picks last year when you're dealing with the drafts both on your team, incoming players, looking at the transfer portal, looking at kids that are coming in. There's a lot of different variables that you have to kind of manage. Um, and in essence, not speaking for him, but I think that's probably one of the reasons Coach Johnson created this position. You know, my position is a new position that he created, thinking that, hey, uh, in the hopes it's a little bit long-term of seeing where, where the, he wants this program to continue to go, being able to sustain it and understanding how re- the recruiting landscape has changed. You know, it's interesting. Uh, you mentioned this new position uh, and the success you've had as a recruiter. You know, one of the things I remember when Jay was hired, Ben McDonald had, had covered Arizona the previous year mm-hmm. in the College World Series and had done a lot of research about the program and Jay. And I remember him saying to me, all I've heard is that you're not going to outwork Jay Johnson. Um, and that, that meant in all phases. Uh, and recruiting was a big piece of that. And, of course, Josh Jordan – uh, incredible job he did at Appalachian State and then at Duke, uh, which is not known as a baseball power, but got some great players to come to Durham, North Carolina. So so take us through how you see uh, this working, because you're joining a, a staff of really top-notch recruiters, which i got to believe is exciting for you. How do you, how do you and Jay and you and Josh, how, how does this all work? Well, I'll tell you this. Number one, it's fluid. I mean, that, I mean, to be quite honest, I mean, I think that really, um, number one, my job is to help everybody as best I can. I mean, that's how I look at it. You know, I mean, whatever I can do to help this program continue to sustain the success that Coach Johnson wants and the level that we're at, that's my job is to help these guys. The second thing I'll tell you is this. This coaching staff and support staff, really the entire staff that Coach John is, Johnson has put together, is the best of the best. Like, it is absolutely, without question, the best of the best. I tell people that, as many people as I can tell about it, I tell them that. I mean, you can just look at it from Coach Johnson's the best head coach, head coach, best recruiter in college baseball. That is a fact. That's not an opinion. You tell you, you alluded to Coach Jordan. He's the best recruiter in college baseball. Look at what he's done, not just here in his time at LSU, Duke, Appalachian State. Nate Yeske, the best pitching coach in college baseball, no question. The chance to be around him these last couple of weeks. Mark Wanaka, Chief, the best hitting coach. He's been with Jay you know, for over a dozen years, I believe, in all of his different stops, right? I mean, you look at it, you go to Jamie, I mean, who's in charge of our video, our scouting, our player development, our new strength coach, Coach Mack, trainer Isaac. And I don't want to leave anybody out, but I said when you talk about the program in totality, for me to be around these guys who I view professionally as the best of the best, it's incredible. And what's what you really note is that every single day there's just one common goal. What do we have to do to put ourselves in position to win another national championship, one, and then two, individually, get these players to be the best versions of themselves, you know? So um, in essence, everybody, all there's so many different parts of this in recruiting-wise, but um, to specifically from a recruitment standpoint, it's a lot of communication, it's a lot of conversation. Uh, I've been 
been fortunate that I've been able to go out on the road for a variety of reasons to evaluate, to see, uh, and then obviously on campus. So I would say there's a lot of different variables that I'm able to do, um, and it's worked out well. It's a lot of communication, and it's really for me to do what I can to help everybody. You know, I tell this story all the time, um, and I think you would appreciate it. So the first year, uh, Coach and I are doing his weekly radio show, um, and, and actually I had seen him prior when it was his birthday and just ran into him and, you know, knew it was his birthday the day before. I said, Coach, how was your birthday yesterday? And he goes, it was really good. It was really good. You know, I was, I've got multiple screens on my wall, so I was, I was breaking down the Vandy and uh, Auburn series, and then I was watching uh, Mississippi State and somebody, and, and I'm just looking at him as he's explaining to me what he's doing, and I'm thinking, he never stops. And when people ask me about what is maybe a secret to his success is that the simplest way I can break it down is he is 24-7, 365. How does LSU get better in baseball? Period. And that's it. And that's exactly right. And that's what he wants. And, you know, I've heard him talk about, you know, uh, you know, one of his biggest priorities, if not the biggest that he stated, is to, to sustain the success, for it to continue to go. And that takes, you know, uh, a 24-7 mindset so to speak I mean of how this can continue to get better and we talked about a lot in recruiting uh, even as uh, I was hired for this position and I think and it's not just you know specific to baseball but as you guys know in the SEC and any sports the recruiting side you have to take the competitiveness in the recruiting as much as it's whether it's you know a Friday night start you know a Friday night game in the SEC you have to look at your day-to-day that your recruiting is as competitive as game day and I think that's what the best do and that's something and you can embrace it or you can back up from it and I think that's something this coaching staff we embrace and enjoy the competitiveness of it and you know for me in my career that's probably been at the forefront of what I've enjoyed the most. You've kind of indirectly referenced it a couple of times but we do ask coaches this a lot uh, because it is so important the LSU brand Mm. you know and from your first time here now with national championships and women's basketball and baseball last year it's got to be easy to sell the LSU brand for people to want to come join this program for sure. And I think there's so many reasons for that. Um, and, you know, as, as you alluded to, there's so many different aspects of this athletic department and this university that is viewed in such a positive way. Uh, you just talked about some of the individual accomplishments, you know, I mean, of those teams and of those sports. But I think even more so, you know, in recruiting, I so much don't look at it as selling as I'm informing. And then once you inform people of what this place is, number one, and then number two, when they come here and they see it. You know, nothing replaces the chance to see this firsthand what this passionate fan base is. You know, they can see the facilities and we can send them the virtual tours or FaceTime and text them and see the Twitter and all those. And those are important. Those are pieces to the recruiting puzzle. But when when kids get an opportunity with their families to come here and see what this is about and see the community and see Baton Rouge and see Louisiana and all that LSU has to offer, it's a fantastic situation. Ladies and gentlemen, it was great to have uh, Terry Rooney here, who again is coming back to LSU. But unfortunately, we have a fire alarm here in the LSU Gold Studio. So we need to get moving. But Kent, before we run out of here, um, again, fall ball is, <laughs> fall ball is upon us, and uh, the Tigers officially will start practice 
uh, this coming Thursday. Then they'll start some inner squads. Of course, they got some exhibition games. Uh, and there's always a chance during those inner squads later on, the Purple and Gold World Series. All of those going to be open to uh, Tiger fans. You get a sneak peek at the 2024 LSU baseball team. But a uh, couple of chances early to see the Tigers. Yeah, the inner squads are scheduled for the 5th the 6th and the 8th of October so coming up this weekend and then exhibition games on November 5th at McNeese and Lake Charles I know they're really excited about having LSU over there and then they will host the Cajuns here at Alec Box on November 12th uh, for those all day multiple inning exhibitions and then uh, the college the uh, purple gold world series will come up in mid-november so a lot of chances to see the tigers and see what the team looks like for 23 24 coming up here later this week that's right your reigning national champions fall ball is underway uh 17th 18th 19th of november purple gold uh world series out at the box well uh we got to get going uh harrison valentine another great job under pressure to deliver the show this week uh of course terry rooney we thank him from lsu baseball the illustrious kent low i'm chris blair we thank you for stopping by and uh hopefully we'll be back here next week for another play-by-play presented by your friends at the advocate so long everybody Ha, 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 ha.